Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Musicals and Mimosas. It's been a little bit, but I am back. I am Alex. I'm Julie. And we would like to thank you for joining us. Uh, Tonight, we are going to be talking about You Can't Stop the Music from 1980, along with Yesterday. And we are having it with a fruity mimosa tonight. Uh, It is Simply Fruit Punch with Stella Bella Moscato. So... Grab your mimosa of choice or your favorite drink, and we will be right back. Okay, so thank you for staying with us. Uh, so we are talking about the music, the movie musical event of the 80s. And this is uh, Can't Stop the Music, directed by Nancy Walker. Was this the music... The movie musical event of the 80s for you? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. So, we're going to have some fun with this one. Um, It was not. (laughs) We're going to have some fun with this one um, because we're going to, I'm going to get into some trivia in a little bit that tells you why we're going to have fun with this one. Uh, But we're going to have fun here. Uh, So, this movie uh, is uh, stars the original village people, the original six, along with Valerie Perrine. Uh, Steve Gutenberg and Bruce Jenner, who is now Caitlyn Jenner, uh, in his film debut. This movie, uh, Steve Gutenberg is a music composer, kind of DJ, kind of, and he's cr- he he wants to create a group. He wants to create a a, a sound uh, that will define the eighties. And it comes in the form of six men uh, who like to dress up as people in the village. Hence, the village people. Uh, so it's kind of a pseudo-autobiography of the village people. And they are from the village of New York City. So you see so. them getting together, you see them forming, and you see them going through the things. And that's really what this movie is about. It's kind of, we're making a group and they just happen to be the village people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, your first thoughts on "Can't Stop the Music"? Well, you kind of have to like music of the Village People in order to have a true appreciation of this musical. For starters, which I do not. <laughs> um, my apologies to the Village People. Um. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. You know, it does have a message that could, you know, apply to today's society. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it 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 wasn't. I don't know what it wasn't. It wasn't a lot of things. Actually. So, um. It's a little bit of a stretch to call it a movie musical. There are musical aspects yeah. of the musical. It is very much in line with kind of like a Bohemian Rhapsody, kind of Rocket Man, kind of a jukebox uh, biopic kind of uh, of the Village People. Although this is not an actual biography of the Village People, it just loosely simulates on... what they. Um. So yeah. So. 
where am I at? Uh, Valerie Perrine and Steve Gutenberg are the two mains. Steve Gutenberg is, of course, the composer here. And uh, Valerie Perrine was an old model uh, who kind of has some ties in different areas. Connections, yeah. And helps with his uh, career. Uh, her role originally was offered to Olivia Newton-John. Uh, but who turned that down to do Xanadu? Now, this is where the fun trivia comes in, and this is why we're going to have fun for the rest of this little recording. Uh, Because this film played on a 99-cent double bill with Xanadu. Oh, that's funny. In 1980, Wits inspired John Wilson to create the Golden (coughs) Raspberry, a.k.a. the the Razzie Awards. And (laughs) well-deserved. Can't stop the music. So Well-deserved. Without... This movie, we might not have had the Razzies. <laughs> wow. Because it was because of this and Xanadu, the Razzies were born. Is that a compliment or an insult? I don't know. I love uh, that, though. Yeah. Um, that's tough call. But, you know, I love trivia. So I'm, I'm having a ball with this trivia because um, there is a scene where they uh, Valerie goes to Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> Did you know that Baskin Robbins had a flavor of the month tie-in called Can't Stop the Nuts? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nuts. <Did> yes. <laughs> well then. Uh, so this film actually won the very first ever Razzie Award for well worst deserved. picture. It was nominated well for every category of the <laughs> inaugural Golden Raspberry Awards, and except for Worst Supporting Actor. And we watched it! <laughs> Yay! Um, wow. But this movie had a budget of around $20 million, which at the time was one of the most expensive musicals ever made upon release. Wow. <laughs> Um, but most of that budget was spent on a lavish worldwide publicity campaign um, that included spectacular openings across the United States and Europe. And a lot of that is because this is produced by Alan Carr. And you were mentioning you saw pictures, posters of Greece a couple okay. times in the movie. Uh, be, Alan Carr uh, had such a positive experience opening Greece in Australia in 1978. That's what helped propel this. Well... Was Alan Carr's name that on this. That explains it because, you know, I wanted to do Grease at my school and it was so much money that I just couldn't do it. So I was like, I can't believe they let them this bad movie, like, have posters and stuff for it. But, you know, that makes sense now. Yeah. So, um... Give me a second while I go through here. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was publicity publicly advertised as the movie musical event of the eighties. Yeah, this was actually strongly disagree. This was one of th- okay. This was one of three disco musicals released in nineteen eighty. Uh, you had this Xanadu and Apple. Never seen Apple. Might have to add that to Never our list. Never heard of Apple. Uh. Might, might might have to watch Apple. Don't know what that is, but we might have to watch that one. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I'm just scrolling through here. and Oh. So, yeah. So, this movie flopped when it opened. You think? 
Alright. So let me ask you, do you know why this movie flopped on opening? Um <laughs> I can make several guesses. None of them. It opened the same nice. day as another movie called The Blues Brothers. Oh. Well <laughs> And you know who won that weekend? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the Blues Brothers took it. Uh, but yeah, so no, this, uh, yeah, you, you really have to like the village people. Yeah. Which, again, I don't. Yeah, because, uh, <clears throat> the, the story's not that in, in, involved. Not it's, even in the slightest. There's not a lot going on with the, the storyline on this one. There's a, there's a not, but, uh. When they do do the little musicals, they were fun. I mean, they were fun. I mean, okay, they were fun. <clears throat> like I said, it's we've watched some bad stuff, and you know, we didn't turn it off. Um, it did for me bog down quite a bit towards the middle. Yeah. I mean, we know where we're going. It's why are we taking so long to get there? Well, that's wasn't that's probably about the time where I was like, I feel like we're not going anywhere. Yeah, it, is it's that a, about the same time. Yeah, because it that? kind of like we got the band. We know where there's this is going, and it's it's we're we're just treading water here, just like killing time to get from point A to point B. I mean, you know. Um, but yeah, so it was directed by Nancy Walker, and I'm kind of going through to see what else Nancy Walker did, uh, uh, if there's anything that we would recognize, and yeah, that, that's what I was figuring. <laughs> nothing. Uh, nothing, but, uh, uh okay. she was on The Golden Girls. Well, she played Angela. From 1987 to 1989. Sure that was Sophia's sister, so she was not young either. <laughs> <laughs> so, just giving you that. Uh, but no, this is, this is probably one that, uh, you could probably never watch and never miss anything. Yeah, unless you're a big fan of Village People, in which case you've probably already seen it. Uh, but it also <laughs> doesn't include two of their bigger hits at the time, yeah. which were as Macho Man, Macho Man and In the Navy. Oh, right. Uh, those were big there, and it did not include those. D- does I say why? Uh, but there is a reference to Macho Man because in the uh, one musical montage sequence at the YMCA, when they're doing YMCA, she has a shirt that says Macho Man. Oh, I, I did catch that. On it. I did catch um, that. Also, uh, this movie uh, is rated PG, but there is actually full male nudity yep. in the locker room. So, and there yeah, are uh, uh, there's a woman in the hot tub, and you can see her boobs. Uh, it like the top of them though. It's really not yeah. like um, yeah, but yeah, but this is surprisingly PG. But PG back like back then, yes. Like uh, nowadays, the Breakfast Club would probably be rated R, and back then it was a yeah, PG. Yeah, it was actually uh, edited at a few theaters that removed those particular pieces parts yeah um but yeah so to me it's uh I, i'd skip this one yeah yeah I, I i don't think you're missing anything no um, the ending was a little fun 
I mean, okay. But, but it, it's basically you're watching them perform Can't Stop the Music like a concert. Yeah. And Julie did enjoy the glitter bomb drop. Yeah, that was amazing. Like, goals right there. But I gotta be honest. Like, I'm doing a little show called Back to the 80s this year. And my kids are, like, super excited about doing it. Because, you know, they love, like, all things vintage. Because, you know, the 80s are vintage. Even though that's, like, the generation that I grew up in. Nothing makes me feel like hearing them talk about that. Um, but I'm a little nervous about costuming my boys now. But to be fair, like you said, this is 1980. This is going right into the 80s. This is your transition from 70s into the 80s. In 1985, I don't have to put them in booty shorts and and crop tops. Yeah. I one that might wear it voluntarily, but that's (laughs) another story for another day. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, it's uh, a pass on us. And uh, yeah. we, 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 we watch the stuff that you don't need to watch. That way you can skip it. Yeah. Yeah, we do the dirty work. Um, yeah. All right, so hang tight. We'll be right back, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some Beatles. Okay, so hello again. Okay, now we are talking about a movie uh, that just came out June 28th, 2019, and this is... A movie that stars uh, Hymish Patel, Lily James, and a lot of Ed Sharon. <laughs> and this movie is called Yesterday. Uh, you've probably seen the trailers for it because the trailers played in front of every movie I've seen for probably the last four or five months. Uh, so Hymish Patel, uh, he plays Jack Malik, and uh, one night uh, all the world has a blackout. There's a total worldwide blackout that lasts for about 20 seconds. And while that happens, he gets hit by a bus and he wakes up. And when he wakes up, things seem a little normal for for a little bit until he makes some references to Beatles lyrics and Lily James kind of looks at him like, I don't get it. So, in this, uh, Lily James, uh, he, uh, well, let me go with this. Jack Malik is, before he gets hit, he's a struggling musician. And they're all struggling musicians. He's a struggling street musician, and Lily James plays her, his longtime friend and manager. And after he wakes up, he realizes uh, that uh, no one remembers who the Beatles are. Uh, they does Google searches, and when you type in Beetle, you get a Beetle. <laughs> so, Not funny, but also hysterical. And it seems some other random things like Coke and cigarettes are also missing. Um, which is where it gets me with this movie. So, basically, nobody knows who the Beatles are, and he discovers he can take advantage of this and decides to... While decides to make the songs his own. He starts singing them. He starts trying to remember the lyrics of it. That's probably one of the funnest parts of this movie is trying to see him remember the lyrics to the songs. Mm -hmm. And there's a long-running gag of of people trying to remember, of him trying to remember the words to Eleanor Rigby. (laughs) 
Um, so there's that long running gag with that. But the the problem that I have with this movie is number one, I'm not a Beatles fan. <laughs> you have to really like the Beatles for this movie. But the other one is um, with this whole blackout, and they don't really explain anything. They don't explain why certain things are missing from the world. They don't explain why Coke is missing. They don't explain why the Beatles are missing. And, yeah, people don't know who the Beatles are. But it also, you know, so it's, I don't know. It just feels like they wanted that this was trying to do something more than it, it, it did. Um, there's a, a lot going on here because they're, you know, it, I don't know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but there was an opportunity here. I, I feel that was missed because with the Beatles music not missing because the Beatles, yes, he goes, it, it shows the strength of what the Beatles music was ba- based on the lyrics and, you know, the lyrics alone are enough to make anyone a star, basically. You know? But the thing is, like... Okay. I was listening to uh, another uh, podcast. And, like, they were saying, the Beatles were more than just songs. They were... They had a look. They had a style. You know? And there was a lot of things in the world that revolved around the Beatles. But none of that seems affected by this movie. Mm. Like, it's just that the music's missing. But, like, you know, the craze. And it's just weird. So, basically, uh, and Ed Sharon comes along and hears him. And he's just like, you're great. You're awesome. We can make this happen. And uh, Kate McKinnon comes onto the scene. And she plays the record executive that's the... Uh, like American music executive that's like right out front like hey we're gonna make you a lot of money and then we're gonna take all that money from you and just like outright and then just like sure we're gonna sign with you because you know Um, but she plays Kate McKinnon Uh, she plays a role that you would expect from her Uh, so at the end you know he realizes that you know what he did was wrong and he gives it back and you have this Love story. So they, they chose to... Like, I would have rather pursued more of this what happened. And why don't people remember? And, like, why is this changed? Which never explains. And it just keeps going on. So the world is... For the rest of the world, from now on, does not have Coke. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Coke does not exist <laughs> anymore. Like, I thought, oh, we're going to wake up from a dream or something. No, doesn't. By the way, spoilers in this. Too late. You probably should have listened already. I should have said that earlier. Uh, But there's a love story that goes on because Lily James is his friend and manager. And she's kind of stuck along through the years because she has a thing for him. But he doesn't see her in that way. He sees her as a friend friend and kind of like a a sister figure. And so – but when he becomes a big star, you know – it's, you know, I don't, you know, she doesn't know what to do with that. So she goes off with another guy. She starts seeing someone else and he gets, you know, he's like, oh, look what I missed. You know, 
So you got this little love triangle. The problem with this is they chose to go after a love story in this movie. And it's basically a love story between him and Lily James. And it just happened to have Beatle music. But the problem is they are both very wooden characters. Um, this is uh, Patel's uh, feature film debut. He was on some TV shows. Um, he does sing good. He does do the performance well. But he just doesn't have a lot of charisma. Which I think you kind of uh. need to pull off when you're trying to be this like stage presence. And like this person. He doesn't really command the screen. And then Lily James, we've seen her in Mamma Mia. We've seen her in Baby Driver. We've seen her where she can be likable and have... But she just... There's no chemistry between these two at all. Oh, that's tough. And, uh... But my thing was, it just... It just dragged on for me because it's... It, it, it just I just lost interest in it. Um... And like I said, it it they don't take advantage of using this world that they built, and it's just kind of like we just needed a reason to make everything about the Beatles. Um, I think the funnest thing in it was there's two people for some reason there are two people in the whole world that remember the Beatles, and they go to him because and they support him because they're like it's just good to hear the music again. They don't explain why these two people can hear it and why him. They don't explain why he was selected or anything, you know? That bothered me. Uh, but my – was they – to get his attention, they hold up a yellow submarine toy. <laughs> and it's a green toy submarine that they painted yellow. Oh, <laughs> it's one of our son's bathtub toys <laughs> they painted yellow. It's very obvious to tell because it's got the big slot on the front and mm. all. And uh, I – Really, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, I kind of enjoyed. I really loved Rocket Man. I'm really excited to get that on DVD so Julie here can see it. But this one, I just, the concept wasn't there. The act, like, I I hate to knock on the actors, but there just wasn't the chemistry. And uh, probably the best part for me was Ed Sheeran making fun of himself. (laughs) That was probably the best part of this movie. Is like his ringtone is "Shape of You." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and it, it that was the best part of it. But I'm just not like, and you, you. I think you have to really like the Beatles to get it. And I'm not a Beatles fan. Are you a Beatles fan? No. So I, I unfortunately, I. I went into this a little skeptical, and it, it made about the expectation I liked. But like I said, I would have liked a little more about the world, why he remembers and nobody else can remember. And yeah, that that would why only bother me. Why only selective things are missing from the world, and none of that is explored. None of that is gone on about. Um, it, it's very high concept. And, like I said, to me, they they pursued this romance too much and they didn't focus enough on – like I thought maybe like, you know, oh, when he learned all the music and when he got all the music together and when everything like boom, like things are like, oh, people are going to remember the Beatles. No. It just keeps mm-hmm. going on and – 
So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, if you're a fan of the Beatles, I would say you're probably going to probably enjoy yesterday. Um, I, I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, it, to me, it's definitely, uh, I would skip it at the theaters. It's definitely for me a DVD watch if you have some interest in it. Uh, so anyways, uh, we're over two tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we thank you for listening in with us, joining us on this little episode. Uh, we're trying to come up with some content in between. We're in between our Broadway seasons at the moment. So we're trying to come up with some content to keep things going. Uh, there's a couple shows locally that we're going to try to get out to see. <laughs> try. Uh, but we are having some scheduling, scheduling conflicts. problems, yeah. Uh, um, the fr- next Friday, though, the 12th, um, I'll be going to see, <laughs> don't shoot me, Bye Bye Birdie at um, the CFC Arts. Uh, I'm taking a couple of my kids to go see it because we're going to, um, uh, my kids have never seen it and we're doing it next year. So so that'll be something for us to talk about. Yeah. We'll come on and talk about so that. I can come on and talk about that. But um, we were trying to go see All Shook Up at our friends at Moonlight and also, um, Newsies at the Osceola Center for the Performing Arts is one of our friends is a choreographer. So and just with our work schedules, family stuff, and um, it's just been a busy month, and mm. we're finding ways to get into that. But anyways, thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next episode. Have a wonderful night.